0: Welcome to Will Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, you Wanda. Wanda.
1: Welcome to Will Ride for Wine. This is Samantha Graves. And this is Lonnie Diane Rich. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. <laughs> it's starting already. Okay, uh, everything's fine. Okay, today's episode. <laughs> We are having our second movie night, starring Yay! *The Princess Bride*. Yay! The mm-hmm. movie that shouldn't be good but is. We'll analyze why a movie with a cowardly villain, a wishy-washy heroine, and a hero that's who's not that nice to his lady make up for one of the best movies ever made,
2: and one of the best books ever written. But I already talked about that last week. It was. I just. I, it was no, it wasn't last week. It was the week before. Week was it before? I think. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I did talk about it, though, and it's a good book. It is. So go get it.
1: And that's all later in the program. First, we have wine. We're
2: not starting out well, (laughs) are we? This is going to be one of those nights, I think. I think it's going to be one of those nights. Yes, we have wine, Sam. What are you drinking?
1: Tonight, thank God, I'm having a 2005 Bouchon Cabernet from Sonoma, California. This is another fine wine that Laura Fitzgerald sent us from mywinestruck.com. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Hi, Laura. It's very good. I like it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. The wine notes are has rich black currant, vanilla, and chocolate aromas, all supported by an underlying earthiness. Yeah, the tannins are firm on this full-bodied, well-balanced wine.
2: It sounds like it's a So we got stout. round tannins, yeah, firm tannins. Like, it
1: sounds like a kind of a a, a chubby little wine, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very good. I like it a lot. 30% okay. alcohol, uh, and I think it's around $11 a bottle. Oh, so that's well, that's fabulous. Nice. Yes, mm-hmm. very nice, very nice. So mm-hmm. what, what are you drinking, Lonnie? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't care. As long as it's got alcohol in it.
1: I don't really care.
2: Uh, no, it's uh, actually another California wine. Ah, so we've we've matched it up again this week. Uh, I am drinking a two thousand five Sterling Vintners Collection Sauvignon Blanc, mm. also a California wine, as mm-hmm. I mentioned. Um, but it's in the script, so why not say it twice, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's going to be one of those things. It is, really. (laughs) Um, It's already starting out, and it's just going to get worse. (laughs) Strap yourselves in, folks. It's going to be a bumpy one. All right. Um, Bright aromas and flavors of grapefruit, lemongrass, and hints of fig and white peach. Mm. I have to say, Mm. my first Sauvignon Blanc was that couple of weeks ago, that Agua Fresca from Chile. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And then I've had, like, a couple more ever since. Uh-huh. And I have to say, I've been a loyal Chardonnay drinker for, like, six years now. Ooh, yeah. I think, I think I'm switching. <gasps> Really? I think I'm switching my favorite wine to Sauvignon Blanc. There's something about the um the kind of the lemony and the tart and mm-hmm. the light and everything, especially during the summer. Yes. I am I'm having a Sauvignon Blanc thing now. I'm I'm having an, an affair. Even cool. though uh, Chardonnay has been my classic uh standby wine. <laughs> I'm loving the Sauvignon Blanc. This is uh, 13.5% alcohol, mm-hmm. which is completely respectable. Yes. And uh, it's about $11. Oh, so it's, okay. you know, decent decent yeah. priced wine. Although, yeah. you know, expensive by my standards. <laughs> um, you know, this is really splurging by my standards, but um, it's really, really good. I'm going to buy lots more of it.
1: Good, good. Yeah. Well, now we know what we're drinking. Uh, we need to talk about who we love this week. Time for mm-hmm. shout outs and shout offs. Oh,
2: shout offs. <laughs> so we've got a name, right? <laughs> for- for the anti shout out is now a yes, shout-off. Yes, Okay.
1: <laughs> Am I- do we have any shout-offs this week, though? Um, well, you don't want me to tell the Oliver story, do you? No, don't tell another <laughs>
2: Oliver story. I'm still,
1: She started telling me before. I'm like, no, don't tell me. I don't want to
2: know what Oliver has eaten and thrown up in your house. Yes.
1: <laughs> and that is, has, has happened again this week, so oh, yeah. we we'll just bypass that. Okay. No, my shout out this week is to Holly for sending mm-hmm. us the the super cool website with how to say cheers in every language. Yay! Which is just so much fun. Everyone mm-hmm. should have this bookmarked. I'll put the site in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so thanks, Holly. Uh, oogie Wah Wah. <laughs> that's zulu for cheers that's very cool (laughs) ukiwawa ukiwawa that's so cool i want to learn zulu now well i'm pretty yeah really i mean i'm pretty sure that i've been speaking zulu to my children when they were babies (laughs) all
2: right and also to holly Zivgeli, which is how they say it in bosnia i'm sure that they say it pronounced properly i've just butchered it i'm sure but anyway they say something close to zivgeli in bosnia Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a very very cool site thank you holly yes thank you um i'd also like to send a personal shout out to my husband fish because we just had our ninth anniversary this week oh
1: nice yeah
2: and we both forgot oh (laughs) although i made up for it One, I was the first to remember. We kind of have this race every year, and usually I do win, Um, but I just squeaked in under the wire this year, so I didn't remember until about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was doing something on the internet, and I saw May 15th, and I was like, oh, 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 you know, and I (laughs) I just ran out, because I had, because the thing is that, you know, it's not so much, you know, that who does the bigger gift, it's like who remembers it first, you know, (laughs) Because we always get to May 15th and we're just, we've always got some, we've got kids to deal with. We've got all sorts of stuff. We always forget our anniversary. And um, so every May 15th, it's always like a a race to see who remembers it first. (laughs) Out of, out of nine years we've been married, (laughs) the first one we both remembered because that was a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, But, uh, but after that, I would say probably about six out of those, you know, remaining eight times, I've been the first one to remember. Ah. And this week was no different, so. Go me. Um, And uh, also, I finished the socks I was knitting for him. Oh, there you go. So even though I started them like two months ago, they (laughs) became a really handy anniversary gift because I was almost done with them anyway. So I just kind of finished them up and I was like, here, honey, happy anniversary. (laughs) See, I got you something and you didn't give me anything. I win. I win. Happy anniversary, honey. I love
1: you. (laughs) You guys got to do what I do. Put, Put it in your Palm Pilot. (laughs) Oh good
2: god. <laughs> no, cuz then we'd have to actually go gift shopping, go out to dinner, find babysitters. This way is much easier cuz he feels uh-huh. guilty and then he does nice things for me all week.
1: Oh, there you go. So you get a week's worth <laughs> out of it instead of just one day. I get a, I get a week's worth of like dishes,
2: mm-hmm. you know. That works. The bed's made, you know, it's awesome. It works for me. It's, you know, twisted and, you know, wrong, but it works. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: <laughs> Well, I think that's it for shout-outs and shout-offs. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a flash.
2: At Will Right for Wine, we want to make it perfectly clear that we do not encourage excessive drinking. Excessive drinking is bad. It hurts you, it hurts your family, it totally screws with your ability to put lipstick on properly, and we do not encourage it. A little drinking, though? Now that's a different thing. After all, wine is good for you, Right? It's good for your heart, it's good for your cholesterol, it's loaded with antioxidants. And sometimes when you've had a really long, exhausting day and your kids are making you nuts and your husband has forgotten to take out the trash again, and you start to become what some people might consider a little edgy, in that case, having some wine is a kindness. A public service even. So just remember that we here at Will Write for Wine do not encourage excessive drinking. We do, however, encourage you to not beat your husband over the head with a garbage can lid. And if it takes a little bit of wine to prevent that, then we suggest a light Chardonnay.
1: Thanks for staying with us. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Wright for Wine. We're tackling uh, listener questions, and this week's question is from Holly. Thank you, Holly. Hi,
2: Holly, again.
1: <laughs> we love Holly. <laughs> we do. She asks, I have heard that there is a rule of, that my antagonist should not be the love interest for my protagonist. I'm sure that I have read many, many books where this rule, rule is discarded, but could you talk about why I would uh uh why I would my book be weaker <laughs> <laughs> whoops I guess we should have edited the question we didn't huh? edit the
2: question why would my book be weaker, weaker why if, would... <laughs> yes
1: why would my book uh be weaker if I were to use this construction okay yeah, all right please <laughs> <laughs> we've already screwed up your question
2: Holly so sorry, sorry. um this depends on actually a lot of factors, not the least of which is uh, what kind of story you're telling. Um, if it's not a romance, you'll probably be okay because the central focus of your story isn't the relationship. So you can play with how it ends. doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be a happy ending because if you've got an antagonist and a protagonist who are romantically... Linked, it's kind of hard with that, the happy yeah. ending. Um, in a romance, it's a lot trickier because here's the thing the structure of your entire story is built upon the antagonist keeping the protagonist from getting what she wants. Yes. At some point, the antagonist is going to have to fail, and then you've got to provide a believably happy ending where one of the love interests has basically beaten the other. Yeah. Um, you've Got Male is a fabulous example of how this can go really badly. Um, in that movie, he takes away everything that's important to her and gives her. Daisies and then continues to lie to her. Mm -hmm. Um, The ending falls really flat because he's basically taking away everything that matters to her. And at the end, how can you possibly believe them together? I mean, it definitely causes problems because either what the losing party was fighting for wasn't that important, in which case your conflict falls flat or was important, and then how can they just turn around and love the person who took that away? Mm -hmm. And then your ending falls flat. Um, I'm not saying it can't be done. absolutely can, but it's hella tricky. I I think the original Shop Around the Corner does it well, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I have to watch it again. Um, It Happened One Night is another example of how this structure can work. Um, I can't think of any Books off the top of my head where I felt it really worked well. Um, but I'm sure they're out there. Uh, later in the podcast, though, I'm going to talk a little bit more about rules and, and breaking them. So keep
1: listening. Maybe just through sheer luck, we'll hit on something that might be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I totally agree with you uh, on You've Got Mail. Um, that was the most anticlimactic ending I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was almost painful to watch because it was so unbelievable. You know, and in that Mm -hmm. case, it just, it just didn't work for me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the problem with the protagonist being uh, the love interest or I'm sorry, of the antagonist being the love Mm -hmm. interest of the protagonist is that as readers, we want something better than that for the protagonist to fight for. Absolutely.
2: You Mm -hmm. know, every
1: book is a battle for the protagonist. They sacrifice Mm -hmm. a great deal to get what they want. But Mm -hmm. in this case, can you really root for an antagonist to fill that role? Mm-hmm. you know so it's tricky because uh what the antagonist is fighting for is what he or she is fighting against mm-hmm. i mean it's doable but it's but it is tricky so yeah mm-hmm. so there you go great question holly thank, thank you. you holly to get your question on the show send them to uh feedback at will Now, for this week's We Recommend segment. Yes, I love this part. Each (laughs) week, we're going to recommend something.
2: Music, books, movies, TV shows, websites, whatever that we love, so we can share them with you.
1: Sam, what are you recommending this week? This week, I'm recommending um, RWA. That's Uh the Romance Writers of America organization. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to write romance or you're already writing romance, you belong... In this organization, mm-hmm. they have over nine thousand members internationally, including published and unpublished writers, agents, editors, and under other uh, under other industry folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place to learn the business and the craft of writing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: every year, they have a national conference at a major city around the country. This year mm-hmm. is Dallas. Next year is San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, where they have about uh, 2,000 to 2,500 attendees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they offer a few hundred workshops that are presented for all levels of writers. They mm-hmm. have spotlights on publishers, a chance to pitch your story to an editor or agent, and, uh, and to network. Mm-hmm. And the other great part about RWA is, of course, the local chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're located everywhere. I think New York has um, five chapters or something yeah. like that. They mm-hmm. have a lot. Uh, it's a great way to meet and hang out with other writers. Mm-hmm. And there are also many online chapters for specific genres, such as uh, Kiss of Death, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, suspense and mystery. Mm-hmm. They, uh, there's Historical, there's Chiclet, and mm-hmm. um, FFMP, which is the Fantasy, Futuristic, and Paranormal chapter. Mm-hmm. So, and I can honestly say that I wouldn't be published today without my local chapter, Central New York Romance mm-hmm. Writers, Yeah. because I have learned so much from everybody there yeah it's a fabulous fabulous chapter i love that Mm -hmm.
2: that's also my chapter yes (laughs) that's how we met um and no fair you stole my recommendation (laughs) no just kidding just kidding I do love RWA, but I wasn't going to recommend him this week. No, this week I am recommending the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice, which is going to be a shock to anybody who knows me at all. Um, Those of you who know me know about my wild Colin Firth fascination, uh, which actually was the main inspiration for X and the Single Girl. (laughs) I wrote that book just so I could justify sitting and watching Colin Firth for months on end. (laughs) And I'm not ashamed of that. I'll admit to it. I don't care. Um, I have to say, whenever I'm mulling over a new book, as I am now, nothing inspires me more than sitting down to knit while watching Colin get his Regency on. <laughs> it's five hours. There's lots of balls and piano forte, but it's wonderful every minute of it. And most libraries have it, so mark off a section of your weekend. Rent, borrow, or buy the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice, and
1: you can thank me later. <laughs> that sounds good. And that's it for this segment. We're going to take a quick break and be right back.
0: A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves. Now available at a store near you.
2: Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is will Write for Wine. <laughs> do, I, do I sound bouncy enough? <laughs> uh tonight we got another movie night this time talking about the princess bride the movie that should be bad but isn't um going back to holly's question earlier where we touched on rules uh here we've got the brilliant william goldman who wrote the screenplay um and also the book and he violates pretty much all of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) right at first you've got a a weak and cowardly villain Mm -hmm. and you've got a hero who's kind of mean to his girl Right. I know. He was pissed at her because she moved on with her life after he died. I mean, he died. Yes, but death cannot stop true love. He died!
2: (laughs) Don't get me started on Buttercup. The only thing in that movie that does not work for me is Buttercup. I hate her. She's sassy and smart one minute, then wimpy and stupid the next. Totally Mm -hmm. inconsistent. You can tell she was written by a man. I love (laughs) William Goldman. I'm sorry. I gotta agree there. can tell she was written
1: by a man. (laughs) That's right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's get started. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with um, the opening of the movie. Yep. Grandpa reading to his son which and is the a story. story within a
2: story right, yeah, right. framework there. Right. So what
1: do you think about that? Do you think that was a strong choice or a weak choice? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I never remember that part. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. seems to be like non-essential. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that it's in there uh, for is to kind of create this fairy tale-like atmosphere. Otherwise, right. mm-hmm. I found it a little intrusive and I found the kid kind of snotty. Yeah, well, the kid's a little obnoxious.
2: A <laughs> yeah. very young Fred Savage, yeah, pre Wonder yeah. Years. So yeah. I mean, he was he was a little thing, but um, yeah, you know, the, I, I found it interesting because I think that the, in the actual book, the story goes a little different. He had written the story for you know his son, who was fictional. You know, I don't think he had a son, but you know, he was talking about his son and, and reading the story to his son, and he created this world in this realistic world in which this story existed. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, a lot of people truly believed there was an S. Morgenstern who had actually written the book The Princess Bride Ah. and that Florin and Gilder were real places and all this kind of stuff. I mean, he kind of Hmm. created this, he he worked really hard to create this, you know, this place for this in a a realistic way. Right. So that it was a real fairy tale written Mm -hmm. uh, within our world. And I think that that's why they decided to do that. I don't think that it's necessarily, I don't think it weakens the storytelling a whole lot. Um, You know, they have like kissing book jokes and they're sort of funny, but they're not Mm -hmm. really, you know know that necessary you could take all that out and not lose anything from the movie exactly and i think that that's it doesn't take away from anything really because they're mm-hmm. short but i don't i don't know that it necessarily strengthens the storytelling and i think that the movie would have been just fine without all that yes i agree you know i agree but you know as much as i love Columbo <laughs> as much as peter falk brightens my day yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into the story framework now. Here's the question.
1: Who is the hero you know, of I th- the Princess Bride? Yeah, no, I thought about this, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think it's Wesley. Mm-hmm. But I also felt that um, Inigo mm-hmm. was also ha- had a lot of heroic qualities to him, even though he wasn't, you know, it wasn't a typical romance. He wasn't yeah. in the romance, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think those two would be my choice. What do you think? I think so too, except that
2: Wesley doesn't seem to change or grow very much, and Enigo has this huge arc, right? You know, and Inigo <laughs> know. is the one, the only one with a real solid goal. Like Wesley's goal is to be with Buttercup, you know, so he right. has a goal. And, you know, he's he's a strong, I mean, Wesley's the good-looking, you know, mm-hmm. guy, he's the love interest, he's the everything, but I think right. that Inigo is the true hero of this story because right. he has a clear goal from beginning to end. Yes. The whole story, you know, his entire story is so focused on that. Um, it creates the motivation for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Wesley wouldn't be alive if Inigo did not have the motivation to find somebody you could help him get the Six-Fingered Man. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah. Wesley would have died mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Anigo. Anigo was yeah. alive. Anigo was alive for the whole movie, so I say, that's my hero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if yeah. you die
2: in the movie, you're not my hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know? As much as I love, you know, Wesley, and, mm-hmm. I, and I do, I've had a crush on Wesley ever since you oh, know, yeah. when this movie came out. I was oh, like yeah. 14 or 15 or something. <laughs> I love the movie. But, um... But, yeah, I mean, I, I really think Inigo is the hero. Mm-hmm. And I think it's well, interesting
1: because he's also a secondary character. Right, right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's 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 interesting because our next question focuses on goal. Mm-hmm. And Wesley's goal is to get the girl. Right. But, you know, one of my questions was, you know, how did he find, how, did he show up because she got kidnapped? Did he just decide this was the time to come back? Would he have even come back? If she hadn't been kidnapped, you know, so... But he didn't know. How did he know that she was kidnapped? I don't know. I think... My theory is, Mm -hmm. because
2: they don't ever answer that question. There's no clarity on that at all. So, of course, you know that that makes me crazy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, um, so there's no clarity on it at all. So this is my theory based Mm -hmm. on Wesley, is that here he was. He was Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. He hears she's getting married. Uh Uh-huh. He starts heading back. Right. And then as he's following her... You know, and about to, you know, to talk to her or approach her or whatever. She gets kidnapped and he just happens to be there at the right place at the right but, time.
1: But the thing is, why didn't he come back before then? You know, what was Maybe stopping just him? Maybe he heard
2: she was getting married.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, he's all about the whole true love. Well, if you're about the true love, then you're going to go back as soon as you can. I mean, he yeah. waited until something happened on her, until she, until she went with somebody else. And then he comes back and then he's all mad because yeah. she, like... Is, you know, yeah. so so unfortunately what that did was it really kind of crushed his whole goal motivation thing for me. You know? Yeah, it
2: really, it does. And also the, yeah. you know, first of all, if, if he came back and he just happened to be coming back and following her or whatever at Which the moment she fine. got Which would be That would be fine. That's, well, that's yes. coincidental though. And coincidence right. is not strong storytelling to say, oh, it just happened that way because, you well, know. Well, it's also if it's not strong heard,
1: motivation either. Well, yeah, you but know, if he I mean, was hanging there's... out,
2: but if he was hanging out with like he's ha- he's a he's a pirate he 's the dread mm-hmm. pirate Roberts, right so yeah. he 's hanging out with a lot of you know um undergroundy type folk, maybe he heard about the plot somehow, yeah, and then came back to rescue her because he knew that she would be in danger, so that's I think actually a little bit stronger, but again neither yeah. neither one is answered, so who knows yeah, you know who right. knows, and it 's been a while right. since i've read the book. I need yeah. to read that book again, but i don't mm. think that was i don 't think that was answered in the book either, although yeah. It's been so long. People, mm-hmm. you can correct me. If you, if you know more about The Princess Bride than me, which is probably 95% <laughs> of you, then feel free to correct me if it's in the book. But I don't remember, um, I don't remember ever having an answer to that question. Right. Now, you know, in Ego... Mm-hmm. He is clarity all the way through. You know Absolutely. exactly. And remember how we were talking about how secondary characters come in so much stronger. Yeah. Because you're not you don't, you're not carrying that much weight with them. Mm-hmm. But with Inigo, I mean, he comes in so clear, and you yeah. just know exactly what it is that he wants. Right. You know. You know. And he's a drunk. I mean, I love. It. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but I love characters who start out just totally <laughs> screwed up. Read any of my books. I love it. I love characters who are just so hopeless. He's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Unemployed <Yeah>. in Greenland. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was for Fezzik, right? <laughs> I love Vicini. We'll get to Vicini. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you know, I, I, when you're talking about who the hero is, I think that your questions that you have to answer is who has the strongest goal, right? Which is an ego mm-hmm. out of everybody? He's got the he's got the strongest goal, and then
1: um, who changes the most? And I think it's also an ego. It, it absolutely because it's Inigo. I don't think. Wesley learns much. No, Wesley doesn't have really much of an arc at all. Uh, Buttercup learns practically nothing. Well, Buttercup (laughs) has no...
2: Buttercup is a purpose. cardboard character. She's yeah, got nothing. She has no she's, purpose. Yeah, okay, the, the, the freaking Fire Swamp. Was, is anybody else crazy by the Fire Swamp? Here she is. You know, she's the sassy. She's talking back to vicini who's going to kill her. You know, she's all sassy with them. She jumps yeah. into the eels, right? You know, yeah. she's got she's got some fire. She gets with Wesley, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh no, save me!"
1: She yeah. gets in there. Th- th- her thing catches on fire. How many times and- does he save her in the forest?
2: Exactly. And she she just stands there. And she just stands there. And the thing is, you know, what made me crazy, what made me the most crazy... Was, okay, the fire thing, fine. She's, she just sits down and says, I'm on fire, and lets him put out her skirts. Like, she can't, you know, pat mm-hmm. them together anyway. The sand thing, all right, whatever. She fell into the sand thing. That's fine. He went in after her. That's totally cool. Yep. It was the R.O.U.S.'s. The R.O.U.S.'s <laughs> attack him. They're biting down. You can see in every single shot, there's a yeah. big stick just sitting there. And she's like, oh, no, oh, Wesley, oh, no, oh, Wesley. And then as soon as the R.O.U.S. starts coming after her, oh, then she she picks up the stick right you should have beaten that thing <laughs> senseless i'm sorry man woman traditional roles whatever you jump into a river full of eels yeah you can take you a, pick stick up a stick and save the man you love from a giant yeah. rat i'm sorry you can do yeah. it so uh, yeah buttercup i just and she's so inconsistent yeah okay you know? well, we'll get to her okay we're okay, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Did I jump ahead? No. Have I already gone on my
1: Buttercup rant
2: with it's a little early? You have. It's start? a little
1: early for the I Buttercup. Know. I, just, oh. I know.
2: So anyway. <laughs> so we've decided that Anigo's the hero then.
1: Yes. After all that.
2: <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So
1: well, let's go to all of our characters right, and, right. Uh, and go well, through them all. And first off, the casting mm-hmm. was brilliant. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The casting Absolutely. for mm-hmm. this movie... Every character mm-hmm. was born mm-hmm. to play the parts mm-hmm. that they played. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so perfectly done. So the casting—that mm-hmm. is one of the things that made that makes this movie so great. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. was the casting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first one we're going to talk about is Wesley, okay. and uh, his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, he's totally hot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, totally hot. I
2: mean, very, very. Even as the farm boy, Dread yes. Pirate Roberts. I loved him as the farm boy. I know. Amazing. As you wish, yeah. oh my
1: God. Really? I mean, wouldn't you just, I mean, maybe that's why I liked it so much. <laughs> it's like, okay, as you wish. I think that's like, enough. Hey. And, you know, and, and, and we'll get to why all this works despite all the criticisms.
2: Mm-hmm. But, you know, part of it is just because it's it's in such an unrealistic it's a farce. Yeah. You know, it's a satire of fairy tales. You know, they're making fun yeah. of fairy tales, so it's okay. But also, that guy is just hot. How do you pronounce his last name? Do you know? Carrie uh, uh, Ewells? Elwes? I don't know how to oh, pronounce I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. I can never say it. Because yeah. I, would, I would say that I think it's the Carrie guy that's hot. It's the Carrie mm-hmm. guy. It's the
1: Carrie guy. Yeah. Well, also, and I think he's smart. He plays, a, yes. you know, he's a oh, smart well, yeah. character. Um, except when it comes to picking women. <laughs> <Right. And> yeah, they- <laughs> He had some of the best lines in the movie. Oh, yes. And Absolutely. he's very good with a sword. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and he's he's just, he's wonderful. He's oh, just yeah. He's just brave, and he's smart, and he's yep. sexy.
2: Yeah, Yep. Yes. And well, even,
1: and, and, and see, we're even willing to forgive the fact mm-hmm. that he, like, just showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Because... He's such a great character otherwise. Because he's so cool. So I think the forgivability is also part of what what makes this movie so great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. some of his weaknesses... (laughs) <laughs> His <taste> in women, <laughs> His <taste> in women. <laughs> I also think that in the beginning of the movie, he thinks he has to go at alone. I think mm-hmm. he very much thinks that he's a loner,
0: mm-hmm. and you know
1: that changes at the end of the movie. If you notice, he kind of goes together with a bunch of other people. They make a plan. They yeah. kind of execute mm-hmm. it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, and then my favorite line that he utters in the whole movie is "Sleep well and dream of large women." <laughs> love that line
2: that is a good one that is a good one he has a lot of really, <laughs> he has a lot of really good ones yeah. I, I like yeah. him a lot he's he's very good when he's i love it when he's fighting with inigo mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> they're talking about the different kinds of um <laughs> defenses oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just so cute when he's climbing and- up and he's like <laughs> You know, he's, trying, he's like I'm trying to climb up here, and he goes just talking to him. Well,
1: I'm only here to kill you. you know? That does and put a also, on our
2: relationship. Yes. Also, mm-hmm.
1: that sword fight scene, yeah, is the best sword fight scene I have ever seen. It's brilliant. I mean it's, it is. Brilliant the, and the lovely chore, choreography oh, on that is just beautiful, amazing, and they actually looked like they knew what they were doing. You know what I yes, mean? They didn't look yes. like a couple of guys wielding these big I well, mean, I they know. were. I like... can't tell the difference from people who know what they're doing. Anymore. But the way they moved, the footwork, <laughs> they and did. All of that they was were. They were amazing. Were lovely. So, they were lovely. It yeah. was
2: very nicely done. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. All right. So now, our next character is now your favorite. I'll, I'll let you take Buttercup because okay. I think I, I want to hear your opinion. Okay, Buttercup. <laughs> Her strengths are that. She's beautiful. Yep. That's Uh, all. Does
2: she have another one? (laughs) I don't think so. Does (laughs) she have much she was just she's just this
1: beautiful goddess standing there? But the thing is, though, wants. she
2: has strengths in certain parts of the movie. Like, yeah. you know, after the fire swamp, where she's like, do you promise not to kill him? And she says, uh-huh. you know, if if you, if you were to die again, you know, I just mm-hmm. I can't handle that. And that, I think, is really brave. And then when she, she's talking back to Vecini after she's been kidnapped and mm-hmm. she jumps in the water with the eels, I mean, that's well, that's a girl with, you know,
1: with some yeah. sass. You well, know? and she pushes him down the hill. She pushes yeah. Wesley down the hill. Exactly. You know, so what's interesting about her is that she really doesn't do a lot of Physically uh, you know mm-hmm. as far she's as you know, she's a, she's she'll shut off her mouth, but she doesn't she's you know, to do any work well, you know that term bump on a log mm-hmm. that, that I swear that was written for her because mm-hmm. I think she was drugged for like most of this movie, she just kind yeah. of stand in there she, you know, really? and I don't know if it was that if that was the director's take on it, if it was the script or how she interpreted it, but it was it was a little uneven it was I mean really. she was, I mean, really she was, she was
2: uneven. so inconsistent, and that's yeah. the thing that drove me nuts, yeah. Is that she's exactly. really inconsistent. She has some great moments. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like whenever Wesley's around, her brain would just turn off and right. she'd be like, Oh, you're the big man, you handle it. Yes. I mean, you know, there she is. She's waiting for Wesley to come in. Mm-hmm. She's getting married. So, oh no, my Wesley will come for me and then yeah. He doesn't come and she's gonna stick a knife in her chest. Yeah. No, stick a knife in Humperdinck's
1: chest and move on. I know. You know, it's I very mean, interesting yeah. because whenever she thought that he was around, she wouldn't do anything. Exactly. Herself. She was like, He will save me, my true love
2: yeah. will save me. And so you know, and she actually said that. Mm-hmm. Wesley will come for me. My true love will
1: come for me. And And I don't you know, know if they were trying to like stay stay consistent with the period. Or what, but it wasn't really a period. I mean, this is a... Or with the the theme that
2: death... Because he says death cannot yeah. stop true love, and she says, I'll never doubt it again.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh
2: well, maybe. So, yeah, yeah, but, you know, she's just really inconsistent. Mm-hmm. She, um, there's just nothing about her that you can really attach to and say, yes, I can get behind right. this character, you know? Right, right. right. So, okay. all right, so Prince Humperdinck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I think is the perfect name. It is. It is for him. <laughs> And I think um, his strengths, you know, he has henchmen. He's the king. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of control, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's a good tracker. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it for his strengths, <laughs> I think. Not much else. No. <laughs> because yeah. basically he's a coward. Uh-huh. You know, he picked Buttercup to start a war. <laughs> I think that was the whole point, right? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. and was going to
2: kill her to start a war, and
1: I think that there are probably easier ways to start a war. Well, and then he's got that one line where he says, if she is dead, I shall be very put out. (laughs) And
2: he's so obviously gay. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's let's just face it. Let's put it on the table. The man is gay. He's got it for the six-fingered man. (laughs) He's gay, gay, gay. I would not not say such things if I were you. Well, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Just be who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. even back then, be who you are. That's right. <laughs> it's not the gay that's the problem. It's the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to apologize to gay people now? Did I? Just... Yeah. It's not the problem. <laughs> just be who you are. A Man, that gay marrying a woman has got some issues. Get out of the closet and move on. Yeah. You know, if he had just taken the six-fingered man off with him and had fun we could have avoided this whole thing
1: you know i'm just not even going to touch the six-fingered man i'm not going to touch the six-fingered man for anything (laughs) she's going to kill me as soon as we finish this segment (laughs) okay Okay. moving along Inigo Montoya, our oh, favorite character, one of our yes. favorite characters. Yes, he's my yes. hero. Now, his this is interesting because his strength is the love for his dead father. Yes, and mm-hmm. so he did the swords. He learned how to use a sword. He's very mm-hmm. loyal and all that. His weakness is the love for his dead father. Right. He mm-hmm. actually has it's kind of like a double-edged sword. <gasps> And with the swordplay. Oh, how, how symbolic. cool is that? How yes. cool is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think because he's so focused on that, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, does he actually know anything else that's going on around him? Does he have, yeah. I mean, does he have anything else of value in his life? Well, yeah. And you the know? whole theme of vengeance. Yeah. Vengeance his is, story
2: is vengeance is the complete theme of that yes. story. And
1: that's a very empty type of, of it is of but yet when he gets it he's mm-hmm. so fulfilled yeah he, he finally yeah. kills the six-fingered man well, and i don't think it's that he kills him i don't think that's his fulfillment i think his fulfillment mm-hmm. is when he gets to tell him how he felt yes. you know when he says when he's battling the six-fingered man and he bribes him and he says mm-hmm. you know he says Give me money, and the guy, exactly and the six-fingered man said, "I'll give anything. you, I'll mm-hmm. give you anything that you want." Mm-hmm. And then he says to him, "I want my father back. You son of a bitch!" Right. Mm-hmm. And then he kills him. Mm-hmm. That line, that is everything that he needs right there. Okay, I disagree because if, oh, okay. if he
2: had left the six-fingered man alive, mm-hmm. I do not think that that character would have been able to move on.
1: Oh no no he no! I mean, and then he him. kills him. No, he did. Well, kill him. I mean, that's him. the thing. Yeah. Like
2: the vengeance is all about. It wasn't just about looking him in the eye and saying you killed my father. It was about killing him.
1: But it was, it was about also. That but, and he, then killing but he spent him. the whole movie practicing that line. Exactly. That was very important that he got a chance to say that. That but he got. See, his what does that say. say? That
2: says about vengeance, though, is that vengeance is an honorable goal, and that it's it's you know, and the, yeah. I think that it says something about vengeance with. Which I don't particularly agree, right. you know. Right. But, I mean, it's okay because, you know, nobody nobody likes a message movie anyway that's sitting there preaching yeah. to you about stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, but I think that it was it was an interesting thing is that, you know, he was a drunk. He had all these problems. He mm-hmm. spent, you know, how long? 30 years, 20 yeah. years chasing this guy, you know, wor- yeah. living Learning. Yep. Learning for vengeance. How to... Yep. And then He's as soon store. as it's gone... Rather than being empty because he doesn't have anything to live for anymore, he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, let's move on. And I don't know that that's really realistic. But then again, yeah. it was a, you know, it was a fairy tale. Yeah. So I mean, that's fine. But um, but I just found it really interesting. I found it a really yeah. interesting um
1: choice to make in that storyline. Well, what what was interesting is at the end he almost did have a family. Yeah. You know, he had Fessick. He mm-hmm. had you know Buttercup and well, yeah, and he's and going to go be the next so... Red
2: Pirate Roberts. Yeah you know so yeah, he is exactly. really you know he's he's fine you yeah, know he's gonna be he, good he killed that yeah. guy and you know he got over that vengeance and mm-hmm. there you go you know yeah. um but uh, but i found that really interesting oh I, I love that story though and and the, i think the thing is like when you t- people talk about the princess bride the second you mm-hmm. mention the princess bride the first thing people say is hello well, no. my, name my name is Nico <laughs> montoya you killed my father Prepare, Prepare to die. die. You know, I, know. I mean, that's what that everybody says, you know, as soon as you bring up the <laughs> yeah. Princess Bride. So I think he is the true hero of that movie. Yeah, I, I, I agree would, with I you. would argue that, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: So Fezzik. Oh, he is my favorite character. He's I have to say. He's he adorable. is my favorite. He's so big funny. and he's strong and he's sweet. Mm-hmm. And he has great faith in people. He in does. Everybody that he meets, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even when he's fighting. Yeah. You know, when he, when he's fighting Wesley, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, I want you to feel like you're doing well. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And it's so sweet. He's just talking to like him. When he does the just...
2: rhymes. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> when he rhymes. <laughs> you got this big guy and he's doing rhymes. It's hysterical. <laughs> he's
2: just so sweet. He's I very,
1: very sweet. Mm-hmm. I really, yep yeah, yeah. i know. like when he says my way isn't very sportsmanlike. i know <laughs> i love him uh, when,
2: when uh he's you know when uh wesley's mostly dead and they're sitting uh-huh. at the bridge and they're looking over and he's like what i wouldn't give for a holocaust cloak and he's like oh like this <laughs> and he just has it in his shirt
1: I love him. Oh, too I funny, love him. too funny.
2: All right. Okay, so, which brings Vecini. us to the
1: He's great. <laughs> he was he played has some great lines too. Oh mm-hmm. my god. I mean mm-hmm. just oh, it my favorite line. Ever hear of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Morons. Morons! <laughs> That scene with the wine is so classic. It's never gets involved so in a funny. land war in Asia, but only slightly less less well
2: known is never go against a Sicilian when death, death is on, is the, on the, the line. Clunk. He was great. Wallace Shawn is oh. the actor who plays Vassini, and I he's love like, him. He he's
1: like, such a stop, great stop that rhyming. I mean it. I- <laughs> Anybody want to, to pean <laughs> <laughs> it? Love- <laughs> I love it. So he was just oh, brilliantly played, you know? He was. He was brilliantly yeah. played. Yeah. So. And finally, we have Count Rogan. The six-fingered, the six-fingered man.
2: man. Who, again, Who works... if he had just run off with Humperdink in the beginning. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so basically, he works for Humperdinck and he has henchmen. And he's also a coward and a bully. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And at the so... end, I was not sad that he died. No. no
2: you know, but uh, he was just so cowardly, though. He was so... Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, those bully characters that are... You know, I mean, as soon as, as soon as, you know, <laughs> when Enigo killed all of his henchmen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He turns around and runs he away. He turns and runs. Like, you cowardly little rotten. Oh, God, yeah. I just hated him.
1: Well, yeah. what you're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, right. the He's the secondary antagonist. Yeah. And that actually, made you yeah. hate him even more. The fact that he yeah. would not face down this guy that we all loved. I know. And he turns around and, and he and had runs. To chase him.
2: Oh, God. And then when Inigo's, like, trying to break into the- <laughs> Fezzik! He's getting away! Fezzik! Nicky's throwing himself against the thing, and then Fezzik sticks Wesley hugging. <laughs> the big metal night guy, whatever. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, the oh, whole gosh. thing
1: with them dragging around Wesley, who's like half I dead, know. and propping him I up know. and everything. I know. And, he's know.
2: using his head and turning him back and forth. <laughs>
1: It's it's been like, mostly dead. You've been wiggles. mostly dead all dead day. All day. <laughs> oh, God, we forgot Miracle Max. Miracle Max who's like the oh, best cameo ever. Ever.
2: You rush ever. a Miracle and what Man, you his... get
1: rotten miracles. Yeah, and his wife. mm-hmm <laughs> Oh, my God. Carol Kane, that... who oh, I love,
2: is comes fabulous. Comes in. Remember her in. from Taxi, yes.
1: Oh, have fun storming the castle. <laughs> 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 Liar! Liar!
2: <laughs> she comes right <from> <laughs> Shut up, witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> you know, there were just such great scenes. They There were such great scenes put together. They were. You they know, were. it was just mm-hmm. amazingly done. Mm-hmm. The fairy tale structure was all there. Exactly. You know, and you had the mm-hmm. unreal characters in an unreal world. However, mm-hmm. the world building was fabulous. Oh, it was. It this was. this story mm-hmm. stayed true to the world all the way through mm-hmm. and that's why we totally bought it.
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, that's why it works. Uh, this mm-hmm. kind of a story, because it's like farcical and it's satire and it's, you know, fantasy and it's all these, you know, crazy yeah. things, um, you can actually get away with a lot. You can get away with a lot because it's in a, it's in an other, you know, quote unquote, other world mm-hmm. that it's an alternative universe, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a fairy tale.
1: So they but get away stayed, with it there. Mm-hmm. It stayed consistent. All it did beginning <laughs> may every... not be consistent but, yeah. yes. but the world was but the world was yeah mm-hmm. and of course my favorite my favorite yeah mawen <laughs> <My witch. laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, and he of course, great. you know, it had mm-hmm. the whole happy ending and yeah. all, everything everybody ended up with, you know, everybody mm-hmm. was happy, all the good mm-hmm. guys were good and all mm-hmm. the bad guys were dead or bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: so now why with
1: so. all that so you know, we've picked on all the
2: flaws, mm-hmm. like all the all the rules that were broken. Yeah. What is it that makes this work so well? You know, I mean, it's all of those things. It's it's the farce. It's the humor. It's that we're willing to forgive it. But do you even feel like I didn't even feel watching this movie. It wasn't until I really sat and thought about it and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, because it's the first time I have analyzed this movie from a storytelling perspective. And I'm looking Mm -hmm. at all these things, which, you know, when I was 15 and watched it for the first time or any of the other times I watched it, I wasn't a writer. Right. You know, so I wasn't analyzing it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I was forgiving anything. I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with it. You right. know, it was fine. Even Buttercup. You know, yeah. Buttercup was still a little annoying. You know, she mm-hmm. still kind of got on my nerves. That was the one thing that I still <laughs> didn't like. But Wesley was worth it, so I didn't care. But, I mean, there's right. all these things that make it work anyway.
1: Well, and I think it's because the world... I think mm-hmm. they built this incredible world with this dialogue and this mm-hmm. and this kind of tone, mm-hmm. and that stayed consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, so it didn't get sappy, it didn't get serious, it didn't get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only intrusions were when they cut back to the to the to the contemporary stuff, which, yeah. they, really mm-hmm. need, but, which um, they really didn't need. But they really didn't. But I think, for me, I think that's why it worked. I think that's mm-hmm. why we all hung in there. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the writing and, the, and the, the acting was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. And the directing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Isn't that a Rob oh. Reiner? I think that was one of Rob Reiner's oh, first yeah. big hits,
1: right? I think so. Um,
2: yeah, and it was it was really fabulously done. It was mm-hmm. so it was so well told, and it was told from a classic. You know, you kind of had a classic structure. You know, right. you had the um, you know, the bad guy, the dark moments, the, you know, the whole right. thing, like everything. Right. You know, when Wesley dies, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wesley <laughs> dies so much in this movie. every time you turn around he's dead Um, but uh, you know and also that it's very funny and it's very farcical I think if you were trying to tell this story from a serious you know believable point of view it wouldn't have worked because of all those things but because it was so funny and farcical and with Mm -hmm. humor you really can you can can get away with a lot I mean I was talking to to somebody about this um, recently is that when your voice is really really good when you've got a really strong voice like in your Mm -hmm. storytelling sometimes you can get away with a lot (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right
1: right well you know. and this and in this the world building was the voice mm-hmm. exactly the the the, whole the, world, the dialogue the whole way, yes the, exactly everything mm-hmm. was was the voice mm-hmm. of the of the movie so so it
2: still yeah. worked even though mm-hmm. it you know violated the quote unquote rules and that's right. the thing about um about rules is that sometimes you get really into um what the rules of storytelling are. And there's a reason, mm-hmm. because it makes your life easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you follow the rules, you pretty much are guaranteed that something will work. But things can work even when they don't follow them, mm-hmm. you know. And just it's, sometimes it's hard to really figure out why, right. you know, why it works. Why is it so forgivable? But I think mm-hmm. it's a really interesting question. I don't necessarily have the answer to it, but I think it's an interesting thing to kind of ask yourself, you know, as a writer, you know, what is it that makes these things work? Now you, you're really all of your stuff that you write is very, very tightly structured. It's very tightly structured. And it moves it moves really well. Well you're very yeah. plot focused. Yes. You know, me, I think I'm kinda of silly. I think I'm one of these people who gets away with a lot because well, no, I, th-
1: I think you you start from you start with the characters. You yes. always start mm-hmm. with the characters mm-hmm. first and then mm-hmm. you figure out the plot. And I yeah. generally start with the plot first and then the characters come. Mm-hmm. so I think that's our that's our main difference between it's it's, it's interesting so. though I mean yeah. I'm I'm kind of looking at all this stuff now because mm-hmm. um, you know as far as what, what stories
2: work even though there are some weaknesses because there is this real tendency especially the more that you learn about um, yourself as a writer mm-hmm. there's a tendency to want to follow all the rules to prevent yourself from screwing up but I think that maybe in all that really tightly structured rule following that you can lose something too yeah, You know, and so there's kind of, uh, what I'm finding in my experience with most of my writing is that um, I, I, I'm finding that you have to really ride a very delicate balance between two mm-hmm. extremes, you know. And yeah. there's the extreme rule following and doing everything by the book until your writing is
1: completely dry, you know. Well, and I think you have to be fearless mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. every single book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm terrified. Every book I write oh, is yeah. going to be my last book. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always write every book as if, as if it's my last book. I don't leave anything on the table. It all goes into the book. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, but I think you have to, because I never know if what I'm writing and, and all the, the rules that I'm breaking are, are going to work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Well, that makes sense.
1: That yeah. makes sense. Very cool.
2: Well, I like okay. that. it was
1: a good discussion. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, it's time for more wine. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll see you shortly. <laughs>
0: For 29 years, Carly McKay has known that her mother was never coming back, her father was never going to file for divorce, her little sister was never going to grow up, and that psychics were full of crap. This year, all that changes. From award-winning author Lonnie Diane Rich comes The Fortune Quilt, a heartwarming story about family, psychics, love, and quilts, and what happens when they all collide at once. Publishers Weekly calls *The Fortune Quilt* vibrant. Kirkus Reviews calls it beguiling, and you can call it yours if you just head on down to your local bookstore because it's available now. Pick up your copy today.
1: Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves, and I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Will Wright for Why. <laughs> what Go to for win it. some great prizes? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I really,
2: really do. I would love to win some great prizes. I am so glad that you asked me. I'm so glad that you asked me.
1: Well, you can't because you know the the podcasters. I
2: know. Anyone related to or who are
1: the podcasters is ineligible for this contest. That's right. (laughs) Shoot. Anybody Mm -hmm. else, head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for reader questions, listener questions, writer questions, wine suggestions if you're over 21, or just general commentary on the show. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the wine bucket to win a fabulous prize. Yes, and on tap for
2: May, we've got a signed copy of Unearthed by C.J. Berry, Uh who is also actually Samantha Graves. It's the same Mm -hmm. person. It's kind of like a janet and michael jackson how hey, you never see him in the same yeah. place
1: i'm a little schizophrenic <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> and you'll also get a signed <laughs> copy of maybe baby by me lonnie diane rich all yes. you have to do is um to enter is send us an email
1: at feedback at com or comment on our website we will announce the may winner at, on our june 1st show so send in your comments and suggestions now up next we have the dun da, dun, dun, dun 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 weekly <laughs> <weigh in. laughs> We're just not getting any better at that. <laughs> no, you know what? It's okay. I think part of our charm is how bad we
2: are at the D-block. I think that's part, is that part of our charm, people? Go the ahead and, write us and let us know yeah. if, when you listen to the D-block, you look forward to it because you know how bad it's going to be. <laughs> Cuz sometimes seeing people do things really badly can be fun.
1: It is. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you, this week I have revised 326 pages of wow. A Little Ray of Sunshine, which is my wow. book that will be out next year, including mm-hmm. 28 pages of fresh material. Oh, my God. And I handed in a proposal on another project.
1: So you know what? Wow. I'm feeling pretty good about what I did this week. It a, that's a very productive week.
2: <laughs> yes, hence why I need very to drink good. tonight. <laughs>
1: How about you? How'd you do? I did pretty well. I revised uh, 202 pages. So I got, yes, yes, I got up to all the pages uh, that I had written, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I printed them off and sent them to uh, my critique partner. Who could that be? I don't know. (laughs) I wonder if
2: she's read it yet. I don't know. Actually, she hasn't, but I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) It's been kind of a crazy week for me.
1: And I also sent them to my Kickbot librarian. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Hi, librarian. Is she it's kicking her ass
2: now in Scrabble? Absolutely, <laughs> she's <laughs>
1: killing. She's killing me this game.
2: My librarian is kicking my kicking ass. My, oh God, I love her. What's your so, librarian's name? Patty, right? Patty.
1: Hi, Patty. Yeah, yeah. I know she's she a listens, sweetheart. So yes, yes. <laughs> and I wrote 13 new pages. Awesome, so I'm pretty happy Good with that. For you? That's great. Yeah thank you thank very you cool. so we both did very well this week yes so we got a lot of stuff a lot done of good stuff week. we've yeah, earned our wine <laughs> mm-hmm, that's for sure so now it's time uh for this week's random etc segment where we do whatever we want because it's our show <laughs> and this week we're going to talk about rules we love to break and why oh yes i love this
2: we actually have kind of a themed show. we didn't do it deliberately, but it sort of yeah. happened to us, which was really nice because it makes us mm-hmm. look really smart um, but yeah. yeah we we went with uh, Holly gave us the great question about the rules and and we went through all the rules on that so now we're going into mm-hmm. the favorite rule to break and uh, mine usually have to do with language and grammar <laughs> <laughs> the most basic of all rules the rules that even not storytellers know. <laughs> one of the things that um is is a big rule and which you know there's a good reason for it is the no adverbs thing Mm -hmm. um you know and i mean these rules exist for a reason uh but when i write in first person or i'm writing a character whose voice includes adverbs i let loose (laughs) i love violating grammatical rules as long as you still have clarity and as long as it's consistent with the voice of your character i say this is the rule that i break the most (laughs) although even i have limits Um, Too many adverbs absolutely will weaken your writing. Um, Take the lovely, wonderful Sophie Kinsella, who I love. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. I've read all of her books, and I will continue to read them because she gets better as she goes, especially the non-shopaholic books get better and better (laughs) as she goes. Um, There are two things that Miss Sophie does that drive me insane. One is she will tack an L-Y onto any word. She doesn't care. She has no boundaries. (laughs) and She will create Uh a new adverb. (laughs) For example, from Shopaholic Takes Manhattan, Uh, there's there's this. It's the coolest case I've ever seen, says Suze, running her fingers admiringly over it. there are enough bad adverbs already in existence. There's no need to create new ones. (laughs) Now with Miss Sophie, I know what she's getting at. Becky Bloomwood, that, that crazy character in shopaholic, um, would absolutely use words like admiringly, (laughs) but there is a point where a voice is so strong. (laughs) It starts throwing people out of the book. And I hit that point in every one of the shopaholics. And that's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because I'm not even that sensitive to it. (laughs) I I am in no way an adverb Nazi. Um, Um, But if I'm getting thrown out on something like that, do we have to apologize to the Nazis again? Shoot! I'm making a list. Oh my gosh. She has a little notepad for every time I say something stupid. Anyway, um, I'm not an adverb Nazi. As long as I'm apologizing, I'll go ahead and bring it up again. Adverb Nazi. Yes, I said it. Um, so, I mean, if it's throwing me out, then you know that, that it's bad. Um, so you want to be careful. Somewhere between weeding out every single L-Y word just on the basis of it being an L-Y word, um, mm-hmm. you know, rather than because it's best for voice and story, and then throwing adverbs around like confetti, that's where the nectar lies. So, um, And also, oh, adverbs and dialogue attribution, she said hypocritically (laughs) i've done it we've all done it but it will make you go blind weed those bad boys out
1: oh god well now you see this is a tough subject for me because i'm one of those people who doesn't who who doesn't rip the tags off my sofa and i always put the shopping carts back when i'm done (laughs) So, I always follow the rules. Granted, I may drive a wee bit over the speed limit at times, but I don't consider myself a danger to anyone. Yeah, I like when I'm
2: driving and you're in the car. She just puts her hand on my shoulder and says 55.
1: (laughs) That's only if it's posted. I mean, if it says 55, you know. But if you go 75, I know. And like, sometimes,
2: especially when five. I get chatty, I don't realize exactly yeah. how fast I'm going. So it's a good thing that she's there.
1: Otherwise, I'd probably. And, be and in believe jail. it or not, Lonnie is chatty when she drives. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but as far as breaking the rules, mm-hmm. um, rioting rules, this is a bit trickier mm-hmm. because um, the only one you're hurting is yourself. Yeah, really? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that said, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the rules of writing. Mm-hmm. I just write. God, you're that good, and you don't even know the rules. <laughs> I don't even know the rules. Thank you. You know, I started out writing futuristics, and at at the time, there were so few out there that I that I didn't really have anything to follow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have any guidelines or anything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even pirates have guidelines. I, I didn't have anything. Have guidelines. <laughs> All right. But no, even, I want to
2: apologize to the pirates. <laughs> You go ahead and apologize. If I have to apologize oh, for adverb Nazi, you have to apologize God. for even pirates have right. rules. Put them in there. Fine. <laughs> They're on the list.
1: <laughs> but, and even if there were books out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, like mine, I wouldn't read them because I would never want to pick up anything, you know, subconsciously. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, I made up the rules as I went. Mm-hmm. And I still do that today. Mm-hmm. Now, uh grammar god help me i just try to ha- ma- you know to make sure that my writing is clear and that it makes mm-hmm, sense mm-hmm. Um, you know sometimes i write choppy and fast or long and sweet or you know whatever yeah. sounds right mm-hmm. to my writer's ear mm-hmm. and um, and and now of course i'm going to have to go back through my manuscript to weed out all the l y's so no, you don't that do that I on might principle. Have Did in you not there? listen
2: to what i just said <laughs> You never take it out just because it has an L-Y. You take it out because it weakens the writing. If it doesn't weaken the writing, you leave it in. That's what people get all adverb Nazi about it. And they go through and they take out. If something has an L-Y on it, they take it out. You know? And I'm like, why? I mean, it's one thing if you're Sophie Kinsella. And if if you have admiringly... In your mm-hmm. manuscript, take that bad boy out. But yeah. there's lots of them that can work toward voice. A lot of people use yes. use adverbs, you know, freely when they're when they're talking and in their voice. You know, when you've got it in dialogue attribution, <laughs> she said happily. Yeah. You know, I mean that kind
1: of thing. You got to kill. That's you know that on principle. Yeah. Uh, you know, even See, that's I what I got to go back and check. I, I leave some sure. in. You on know, and what true. it's funny mm-hmm. is that I I hear these rules mm-hmm. like they pop up every once in a while, yeah. and I'm thinking, jeez. Have I done that? Violating I'm them like sure a Viking that that in a do- new oh, village. Yeah, big time. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. But I think this is the thing. Mm-hmm. You can break all the rules you want as long as you stay true to the story and to the reader. Right. Because you don't want to feed either one of them a line of crap. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and that's what the rules are really there to protect, to. I think, for the yes, most part. But some exactly. people will follow
1: them blindly because it's a rule, as opposed to
2: that it is necessarily the right choice to make in that particular circumstance. And I think that every mm-hmm. manuscript, every writer is different. There are different things. Right. There are rules that, you know, you can break that I can't get away with. You know, and yeah. vice versa because of the way well, that we the write. Funny, I,
1: I wouldn't even know if I broke them, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I didn't know rules either, you know, for a long time. I mean my first few books I had no idea. And then, you know, I started to kinda yeah. get to know them and you know, and there mm-hmm. are things in in my writing that I look back on, I'm like, Hiss-hiss. Like if you read Time Off for Good Behavior, I had no idea what I was doing.
1: <laughs> no idea. Anything I did right, I did totally by accident. <laughs> yeah, but it won a Rita. <laughs> well, yeah. So you talk about me not knowing what I'm
2: doing. I know, but like, you know, I mean, now I'm looking at the rules and it is making my life easier in a lot of ways, but it's also making it more difficult because I, I become so sometimes just Narrow. on principle. Yeah, I look you, at something yeah. and I think that violates a rule and I have to get to the point. My, my big yardstick is... Yeah. If it's broken, if something's wrong with it, then go back, look at your rules, and see if you violated something. But if it's, if it's mm-hmm. not broken, don't fix it. You know, And sometimes right. people will do that. They will go back and they will apply a rule just to be applying a rule because it gives you something to put your back up against as a writer, right. which you never have. As a writer, as a creative person, well, you never have anything to put your back up against. That's all an illusion. So forget <laughs> that's it. Right. You know, There's no point. People want those rules because they want to have something to hold on to that they can say, look, I did it right.
1: But it's a mm-hmm. weird, magical thing. There are people who can violate it's... the rules all over the place and do a wonderful, wonderful job. That's right, and that's also why I have to be very careful with critique partners,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: with people critiquing your work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't always jump and say if somebody says you got to change something. Don't just jump and change right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if if three people say it, then you, gotta kinda then you it got to kind of look at it and something. say, you know what, mm-hmm. you know, there's something wrong here. Exactly. You know what can I do to fix it? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I see that happen a lot where it'll just be a knee-jerk reaction from a new writer mm-hmm. and they'll just change everything. And they try to please person everybody. Set... Exactly. Yeah, you, can't you can't please everybody.
2: It's completely you impossible. Can't. So what you need yes. to do is stay true to your story. It's a really, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I've been writing for years and it's still difficult for me. You know, there are times Very. where I, if somebody says something, I, my first instinct is to go back and fix mm-hmm. it. And you have to really kind of think about that if that's really what you yeah. want to do and if it's right for the right. story or not. It takes a long time to build up those skills, especially dealing right. with with feedback and everything, we should do a whole show on feedback do we have a show uh, on we feedback scheduled? we'll schedule i it don't then. think
1: so but we should we should <laughs> we'll schedule a show because on I, you know i've seen it kill kill a great writer oh yeah i've seen bad feedback kill a great writer or even good feedback kill a great writer yeah. it, it's it's this business mm-hmm. you have to remember that it's not personal mm-hmm. the book is, is is in the end mm-hmm. it's a product right
2: Mm -hmm. and it's
1: not you Mm -hmm. it's not personal you know it can always be fixed it can always you know so absolutely we'll do a whole show on feedback I think there's enough there for us to talk about that absolutely but right now
2: okay (laughs) what we need to do is take off for a refill yeah (laughs) because that was a really long deep (laughs) lock we got into that (laughs) all right we'll see y'all back here in just a minute
0: if a half-hour week of Lonnie and Sam isn't enough for you, we've got some suggestions. First, there's LiteraryChicks.com, where Lonnie blogs with fellow writers and hilarious gals, Michelle Kuna, Whitney Gaskell, Eileen Rendell, Alicia Holiday, and Beth Kendrick. Every month brings new special guest authors and new giveaways, so stop on by. For more Sam, go ahead and click your way on over to samanthagraves.com. She's got the latest news, contests, and some great giveaways. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, which you've got to go there, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Berry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. So be sure to check out literarychicks.com and samanthagraves.com for more from the girls. Well,
2: it's time for Last Call here on will Write for Wine. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Be sure to send your wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or in the comments uh, section on the website. Mm-hmm. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me.
1: Lonnie. <laughs> also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store where you can find all sorts of fun will Write for Wine merchandise with our beautiful wine stain logo. Yes. The link can be found on the right-hand column at the website at willwriteforwine.com. And don't
2: forget to vote for us at Podcast Alley. Please. We're slipping in the rankings. Please please go vote for us because it makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Or you can review us at iTunes, too. You can always do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good deed you can do from the comfort of your computer, and it won't cost you anything except a few minutes of
1: your time, which you've already given us an hour What's a few more <laughs> minutes, right? <laughs> And next week, we're going to have a dialogue on dialogue. Which, oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, that should be fun. (laughs) Very excited for that. (laughs)
2: Because let me tell you, there's nothing like a chatty girl talking about dialogue to just make the hour (laughs) fly on by.
1: (laughs) So until next week, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then
2: write for wine. (laughs) Bye! Bye!
1: Will Write for Wine is brought to you every week by Lottie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Visit us at WillWriteForWine.com, where you can find show notes, news about what we're up to, and sign up for email notification when a new show is available. And don't forget to friend us on MySpace at MySpace.com/WillWriteForWine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, Please, tell your friends. Go vote for us on Podcast Alley. Leave a glowing review on iTunes. Just send us a note. Really, we'll take pretty much anything. Because aside from wine and writing, we don't have a lot going on here at Will Write for Wine. And whenever you vote, so leave a nice comment. We get very, very happy.
0: So take a minute out of your day
1: and make our whole week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on Will Write for Wine.
0: Back. It's not morning anymore, so I have a diet cola and another diet cola. But then I'm feeling fine, and I'm feeling pretty sharp, and I'm feeling pretty wired, and I'm getting things done. But right about two, I get this little tiny migraine.